So we are, we are in our second week here of uh, this, this series, The Priesthood of All Believers. What does that mean? Well, the Lord has called his people, priesthood of all believers, uh, a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. He's called us that throughout Scripture, starting in Exodus. And even you know, last week, if you were with us, we talked about um, how even in the garden, even the very beginning, God has always created his people to be priests. And Adam and Eve in the garden we're priests, and our, our working definition of priest is this, um, people who are close with God and who invite others into that closeness. And so even from the beginning, what it is to be close with God is to work with him. If he is the master gardener, thinking back to the Garden of Eden, if he's the master gardener, we are gardening with him. We are uh, invited alongside him to bring abundant life and blessing wherever we go because that's who he is. He is a God who is obsessed with abundant life. He's a God who's obsessed with flourishing and with blessing. And so that's what he invites his people into. And that's what it is to, to be close with God, is to be enjoying that relationship and to be working alongside him. And so something happened after the garden, in the garden, and, and now apart from this new way back to God through Jesus, there is no more gardening alongside the master gardener. There is no more abundance. There is no more... Uh, working for the flourishing of others and for the glory of God. This is uh, because of sin. Uh, we, we collectively cry out in Genesis 11, let us make a name for ourselves. So there's been this separation from God and man is on this mission to bless himself and to make a name for himself apart from God. And so this is where we pick up now in our story, the priesthood of all believers uh, with Abraham. The very next chapter in Genesis 12. And you see here God's call, God's making a way back, God's invitation back into closeness with Him, to be close to Him and invite others into that closeness. And so we're going to read these first four verses of Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. And today as we, uh, we look at this passage we're going to look at three things. First this invitation to closeness. Second, this fight of closeness. And third, blessed to be a blessing. And this is where we're going to spend most of our time, what it is to be blessed to be a blessing. And so first, this invitation of closeness. The Lord, the Lord just shows up in Abram's life and says, go. Go from all of this that you know to this place that I will show you. And so it's really important for us to know who God is by knowing who Abram is when he is called by God. First, uh, Joshua 24.2 says that Abram was just like everybody else at this time. He was serving a bunch of other gods. So he didn't have any inherent goodness in himself. There was no reason that God showed up because Abram was this great guy or someone who was seeking after God really hard. He didn't have anything to offer in that regard. The second thing we know about Abram when God called him was that his wife Sarah was barren. So if God was really intent on finding somebody with a strong lineage, he picked the wrong guy because everything back then, this was so important to have a lineage and a heritage and a, a people after you. 
to have your name be carried out in the generations to follow and Abram's name was going to die with him because his wife was barren. So here is God who comes in and invites this man into a friendship with him. This man who had no goodness apart from God and who had nothing to offer. And this tells us about who this God is and what his invitation is. This is an invitation of love. This is a God of love. This is a God who doesn't need Abram to do anything for him. This is a God who shows up full and overflowing to bless. And so, we got two questions to ask here. Actually, first I want to say this. I was watching uh, college football last night. I was watching my Wake Forest Demon Deacons get absolutely smashed by my wife's Clemson Tigers. And, uh, but it made me think about how if you guys ever, if you watch a lot of college football, you see a lot of times the make-a-wish kids who, um, you know, kids just with these terrible illnesses and they are not able to play sports and uh, so they, they come and if they're big fans of these teams and they have this team experience and they get a jersey with their name on it and they're, they're basically brought in as part of this team and they get to, to be with the players and be in the practices and call plays and be in the huddles and all this stuff and and if you're like me, your heart just goes out to these kids. And it's something that really moves you. And the reason that it moves us is because that's our story, right? Like, we are those kids. Abram was that kid. We are those kids. Um, this is pure grace. This is us having nothing to offer. This is God having everything to offer. And so two questions here. As we see that this call to life with God is always a call away from life without God. He, he, he invites Abram to go to this place that he's not even going to tell him where he's going to go. But he says, go away from. Go away from all your other identities, all your religions, all your identities, all your ruts, all your little ways of thinking. And come with me to this place that you don't know yet, this place that I will show you. And so the first question is, why doesn't God tell him where he's going? And the answer is because he loves him. Because we've got to remember a couple of things. One is that um, he is God. And this is the gateway to life with God. Is that he has to be God. And so when he says go and come to this place that I will show you. That's, that's the life right there. Life is not a state of being that we are trying to achieve. Life is not a place that we are going to somehow get to. Life is, is the relationship with God, is the going with God when you don't know and you're not in control and He is. Following God is never about pragmatism. It's never about God bringing you your best option. It's just only about life with Him. It's about enjoying and living life with Him. So that's our first question. Why doesn't he tell him where he's going? The second question, even better question, why does Abraham go? Right? Why does he follow him? He's got this life, and here's this God that he has no idea who he is. He's come and just asked him to leave everything. And he says, yeah, that sounds good. And, it, and I think the reason that he goes is because of this, because we can't escape who we are. We can't escape that we're made in God's image and that this relationship that God is calling Abram into is the very thing that we were created for. The very thing that we look for in all the little places that we look for life. 
But this is it. And there's something inside of him that is just tugging, saying, I have to go. This is what I was made for. And maybe another reason is because maybe anything with God is better than life apart from him. And this is where we need to pay attention. Because maybe our lives that we're trying to live on our own terms aren't as satisfying or exciting as we're trying to convince ourselves that they are and that we're trying to convince other people that they are. And so think about this in our lives during the season of quarantine. Think about what quarantine has exposed in you. Think about the, the ways that um, if something has been taken from you, that you're scrambling and trying to take it back or take some lesser version. And it makes me laugh to think about all the people that are way into sports. Like if you find yourself watching like Scandinavian cornhole championships, <laughs> this is a great illustration of what we're talking about here. Like if you're trying to bless yourselves and give yourself what you think life is going to be on your own terms, that's not life. That's not life. And so instead of scrambling twice as hard, trying to make things work on our own terms, we need to see this as an invitation and accept this invitation with God to go with him to a place that he will show us to, to actually live this abundant life that we were created for. Because it's going with him on his terms. And so for our, our Midtown West folks who are, who are watching in home church, um, we are, make no mistake that this, this movement of the Lord calling us into this church and going out from the places that we are coming from, um, this is a call away from. And it's not just a call away from the congregation where we've been. This is a call away from the Lord's going to reveal. But make no mistake that as, as He calls us, Always as he calls us deeper and deeper and deeper into life with him, he is always calling us away from life that's not with him. And so, do we know yet what he's calling us away from as he calls us into this new journey, into this new adventure? And so this, this leads us into our second point, this, what I'm calling the fight of closeness. He's invited us into closeness, and now there's a fight of closeness. And it sounds counterintuitive because you think this sounds amazing, this sounds great, but you and I know from our life experience, if you're somebody who's following Jesus, that this is not just a place where we arrive and now everything's okay. It is a fight to stay in this place where we trust God and we allow Him to do the blessing and don't try to do the blessing on our own terms. He promises this in verse 2 to Abraham. He says, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you Make your name great. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And so this, this question here, the, the, the crux of life, what it is to live by faith, is am I going to believe this God who is making these promises that I can't see and I can't be in control of? Am I going to trust that he is going to make good on these promises to bless me? Or am I going to run back to this old way of life of trying to bless myself? Am I going to follow him into what I cannot control and cannot see and do not even understand so many times? When his definition of blessing for me sometimes feels like I'm walking in the opposite direction of blessing, am I going to trust that he is God? Or am I going to run back into these ways that I'm trying to control things and manufacture a blessing for myself? 
And that's what God's saying here. If you will stop trying to bless yourself and let me bless you, I will give you true blessing. And all this blessing upon blessing, I will make your name great. I will bless you. Um, All of this blessing, shorthand for this, is, is just, again, being invited into this closeness with God. It's friendship with God. That's what blessing looks like. And so we've got this question, how can I trust what I can't see and what I can't control? But we've got this other question that we have to deal with. How can God bless me when I'm stuck in my sin? Because Scripture is really clear on this, that we are under a curse. If we have sinned and have sin in us, then we are under a curse. It says, cursed is everyone who does not abide by the things written in God's law and do them. And that's all of us. And so this fight of blessing, this fight to believe and go with God is is like this. It's like uh, a father who is very poor, who has an only daughter, and he is throwing her a wedding reception uh, against all of her wishes because she knows how much this is going to cost him. She knows that this is going to be tough. And she's like, Dad, you don't have to do this. And he's like, no, 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 we're doing this, we're doing this. And she doesn't know about any of the details. And then she shows up. And he gives her, gives her the place to go, and everything is perfect. Everything is above amazing. It's the best food, it's the best venue, it's the best decor, it's the best everything. And she's having a really hard time enjoying this wedding reception because she knows the cost, and she knows how much and how impossible this cost is for her father to pay. And it's like she's just... Her father's just looking at her saying, hey, if you'll just trust me, just enjoy this. Like, I will pick up the tab. I've got this, okay? You don't have to worry about this. Like, that right there is is this picture of the life of faith or the fight of faith. Is God is making all these amazing promises to us that we can't see. We don't know how he's going to make them come to fruition in our lives. We know who we are. We know the world that we live in. And it's really hard to believe that this is all going to work out. And God is saying, hey, you just trust me. You just trust me that I've got this, and my call to you right now is to enjoy being here with me and believing that I have the capability to make good on my promises to bless you. And of course, we know that he has made a way. Um, He has sent Jesus, His Son, as our great high priest to bring us close to God again. Remember, we are priests. We are made to be close with God and to bring others into that closeness. And so first, we have to be brought close again. And so God sends His Son, Jesus, the great high priest, to come and rescue all of His little priests and bring us back to God to reconcile us to Him. He gives us His blessing and takes our cursing on himself. Galatians 3.13 says this, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree or hung on a cross. And so this God sends his son to give us out of the abundance of his blessing and to take our cursing upon himself so that we can be blessed. That's who this God is. That's that's how this God loves you and I. That's how this God loves 
His people. And so the call this morning, whether you are someone who is in Christ, you've been walking with God in this relationship for years, or you're someone who is a stranger to God, and this is new information, the call is to, to believe this God. When He promises you blessing, when He promises to make a way for your sins to be forgiven, to just enjoy relationship with Him as His son or daughter, whether you're believing it for the first time or you're believing it for the 10,000th time, is to believe, trust, that He will make good on His promises, that He has made a way. And with God, this call to, to closeness with Him never just stops with us enjoying this closeness with Him. It always involves inviting others into that closeness. Remember, that's what a priest is. And so our third point here is, is that we're blessed to be a blessing. So as, as we fight to believe the truth about this closeness that we have with God and this blessing that He's taking us, that He is maturing us, that He is making all things new, we're also reaching out and inviting others into that blessing. That's what he says to Abraham here when he says that I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So remember God's invitation to his people in the garden that abundant life with him always includes working alongside him to bring abundant life. Those are one and the same. Abundant life with God is always including working alongside him to bring abundant life and flourishing to others and to his world. And so as we are reconciled with him, we're made sons and daughters through Jesus, we're made close with him, now we have what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians 5, this ministry of reconciliation. We are reconciled to God and we are going out into the world in the power of Jesus and with Jesus in us. You know, it says here in verse 3, it says that um, in you, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What God's talking about there is that in you physically, Jesus, the Savior of the world, will be a physical descendant of yours. And so you are carrying this Savior in a very real way in you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed because they are all going to be blessed through Jesus and the grace that comes through Jesus. So now think about this in, a even, in an even more real way, in a deeper spiritual way, we are carrying the Savior of the world in us more than Abraham was. Because when we are in Christ, it says that we are united with Him, that He dwells in us. And so wherever we go, we are bringing the Savior of the world to bring flourishing and life and blessing to everyone in every corner of creation where we find ourselves. And so Paul, again, calls this in 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation, and he unpacks this in this chapter and so that's where I want to hang out for the rest of our time is just what does this look like, this priestly work of this ministry of reconciliation? And what I would really love for us to do is to spend this week meditating on 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. It is a powerful piece of Scripture that just reveals our identity, who we are in Christ and what He's called us to. But I just want to pick up on a couple things here. He says that now the love of Christ controls us, that we are controlled by this love that has changed our life, and that love propels us out into the world to love others. 
He says that from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. That now I don't see people in, in different tribes and whether they're with me or against me. I am in Christ and I see people who are either in Christ or who are lost apart from Him. And my heart breaks for those who are lost apart from Him. And I am, I am His ambassador. He is in me making His appeal to be reconciled to God. You don't have to run away from God anymore. You don't have to try to make life work on your own terms. You don't have to try to bless yourself anymore. Come home to God. Jesus has done everything necessary to make a way for you to come home to God. That's how we see people now in Christ. I don't see anyone according to the flesh. I see people who are in need of their Savior and their relationship with their God who has made them. And it is my joy, because it is Jesus' joy, because it is the Father's joy, to bring them back into relationship with Him through Jesus. So this ministry of reconciliation now is the rhythm of our lives. It's not this activity that we do on Saturdays. Well, this volunteer service that I have to go do for a couple hours once a week because now I'm obligated because that's what God calls us to. No, it's a joy. And it's, it's, it's this rhythm of our life. This ministry is a life-encasing rhythm that is everywhere I go, everything I'm doing, whether I'm doing my work or I'm in my community or I'm having conversations with friends or people in my own house. We are always engaged in this rhythm of being close with God and inviting others into that closeness. People who are not reconciled to God, inviting them to be reconciled to God through Jesus. People who are reconciled to God, each other, our brothers and sisters, reminding one another that we are reconciled. We've been reconciled. We don't have to go try to bless ourselves in our own power. And so, um, a thought on how this practically works itself out. You might be saying, that, that sounds great, but I have no idea where to start. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, remember, we've been reconciled to God, and now we're engaged in this ministry of reconciliation. It's like, if most of y'all aren't going to remember this, but uh, there used to be these old, <laughs> terrible commercials for hair growth clubs. And uh, it was one called Hair Club for Men, and they would talk about how, like, if you used our formula, you're like, you'll regrow hair, and the guy who's been talking the whole time is the president of the company. And then at the end, he has this big reveal where he says, and I'm not just the president, I'm also a customer. And then it flashes up to a picture of him when he was bald. Um, that's how we are. That didn't land, but that's okay. Um, that's how we are. It's like, we know what it is. Like, we're experts in this ministry of reconciliation because we had to be reconciled ourselves. So we go out in grace. We go out in love. We go out fully honest about our sin and our need of a Savior. Like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, not from this place on high. Let me tell you about Jesus from this place where I am, where I'm daily depending on him for life because I need him so badly and he is so glad to meet me in my need. And so we go out into the lives of the men and women that we work with, we live next to, we live with, and we bring this message of life through the power of Jesus. This power is not our own power. It doesn't, the, the, the success or failure of our mission does not rest in how we feel about it 
or what kind of results that we're seeing in the moment. It rests in the power and the promise of God. So our invitation this morning is to follow Abraham. It says that God made these promises, all these wonderful things that really sounded too good to believe and that he couldn't see and that he couldn't control. And then verse 4 says, so he went. He went into the unknown with God because he believed that something better was waiting there for him. And that's the call to us, that we're going to go into the lives of men and women because we believe that even if it's scary, that something better is waiting for us there. That we're going to go away from trying to bless ourselves into this life of letting God tell us what abundant life is, even if it's scary, because we believe that there's something better there with Him. So believe Him and accept that invitation this week. Father, we are... um, As the song says, we are weak and wounded by the fall. Lord, it is really hard for us to believe that you could love us when we know what we know about ourselves and when you know what we know that you know about ourselves. It is really hard to believe that um, following you could mean blessing for us when it feels like we're walking away from the very places that we feel like we need to go for blessing. So, Father, I ask this week that you would give us faith. You would give us faith to walk with you on this journey that we have, we have never been to the end of this place. And so we cannot trust ourselves. We have to trust you. We have to take your hand and follow you. Lord, give us the humility to do that. Give us the faith to do that. And, Lord, give us courage to do that. And may we enjoy your closeness and may it be the joy of our lives to invite the people around us into that closeness too. In Jesus' name, amen.